everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. And I want to thank Barry for our Premium Edition Lounge, uh, which was this past Wednesday. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Seth, what have you been recently playing? Uh, So recently I've been playing Contradiction, Spot the Liar. Contradiction was released back in 2015 and was developed and published by Baggy Cat LTD, which I think is a great name for a video game developer and publisher. So the game is an FMV game. So uh, Contradiction, Spot the Liar, you play as Detective Inspector Jenks, and you have to puzzle through uh, the lies that people tell you to uncover the mystery of a dead lady and to see her death was ruled a suicide and you have to figure out if there was murder afoot. I was told that the game is best to go into blind and just going around as janks and asking people fun questions about the murder. It's well acted and I think that's kind of cool how they layer game elements essentially over like a television show uh, which is kind of cool and uh, you're gathering information from people and they're going to be telling you stories and you have to try to figure out where the contradiction is so if i say to zach i will see you on monday and then i tell zach i have plans on monday and they're not with him that would be a contradiction because i cannot be in two places at once so that would be the lie one of them would be the lie and it's cool it's definitely like a budget television show it's not necessarily like a triple a television show but i would say that on a scale of one to ten with 10 being law and order we're doing law and order scales right so i would say that this game the acting is on par with i would say law and order svu it's neither good nor bad yeah dick wolf would make a dick wolf would make a show out of this i feel like law and order acting is like two steps above soap opera acting contradiction so it's pretty cool it's a fun game i've been enjoying it i'm excited to play more of it i really like how they developed the story the story's interesting i mean it's a bit tropey but it's interesting nonetheless and i'm excited to play more zach what have you been playing recently seth recently i've been playing thank you for asking by the way i appreciate it recently i've been playing forgive me father uh which was developed by bite barrel and published by fulgrim publishing uh, it is a retro first person shooter where you play either a priest or a journalist go around killing monsters it came out in uh 2022 but it was released in early access back in 2021 and uh it is uh pretty fun and spooky and uh, it does play like a classic first person shooter uh seth and i were talking a bit before the podcast and i think seth was asking me if it's a bit like doom it has some doom elements though i think it's a little bit more comparable to like duke nukem in terms of uh just the way the game plays not in terms of like the the tone you're not like hey man (laughs) i can't even do the hey it's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of ass uh it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not duke nukem it has some modern sensibilities i would say also compared to other for classic first person shooters and just in the sense that you pick up like lore items off the ground or from bookcases so like you'll find notes on the ground and uh they'll fill you in on what's been happening 
happening in the world around you. Have you been playing as the journalist or the priest? I've been playing as the priest. Didn't you say somebody said, forgive me, Father? To you? Yes, literally. the No, I say it. and literally. So oh. your character speaks, which is another thing like Duke Nukem, where like the right. character has like one-liners and stuff. But in the, in the opening scene, you uh, are standing in a room and you pick up a gun and your guy goes, I will only use this in self-defense. And then you open the door and a zombie charges you and you just plop him. <laughs> It's just like pop, pop, pop. And then he goes, did I kill a man? Forgive me, father. And I was, no, like, I okay. was like, no. It was like he said the line. I don't know what the journalist will say. I think the journalist just pop, pop, plops and then is like, gotta write a story. News at 11. News at 11. And that's the name of the game when you play as a journalist. It's a whole different game. <laughs> it's like, um, um, I, did you ever play Dead Rising? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. So in the original Dead Rising, the main character is Frank West, photojournalist. And when Dead Rising came out, I had some friends that were playing it and we were watching him play. And I feel like either we said it a lot or he said it a lot, but I feel like he would always be like, Frank West photojournalist and so I, f- I feel like that's hopefully what the journalist is is <laughs> is like in, in in forgive me father it's a it's a pretty fun game i i like what i've played so far it has a, a cartoon aesthetic to it too not necessarily cartoon in like a like mickey mouse like a comic book aesthetic but also a lot of the dialogue and stuff pops up as speech bubbles and like sound effects will be stylized as bangs and boops yeah so like when someone's knocking at the door it'll say knock 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 and like at one point you see a rat run by and it goes plip 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 across the floor so it has kind of a comic book aesthetic to it which is fun it's really reminding me of 13 like original 13 maybe i'll uh i'll pick i did give you my you gave copy. me yeah you gave me your copy because you had you, you were like do you want a copy of this i thought you gave it to me because you already owned it you're just being a good brother yeah i felt like you you would enjoy the game there was two retro fps games and i think you got the better copy but we're just gonna move on from that anyway. yes well we're gonna move on to talk about something so we have done lore episodes before. Well, we've we done, did I one think, lore. one lore episode. We talked one about Sonic lore the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about the lore of Sonic the Hedgehog, yes. which arguably you could make a point that we just told you the story about Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. We weren't like the driller bot is this version of bot and came from we didn't go into like that detail we just went through uh, anyway we're, we're, we're revisiting the lore format and we're going to be talking today about the factions in the game fallout new vegas which is a great game i love fallout new vegas it's probably i would say my absolute favorite fallout game uh i played some of one i played a little bit of two i think i've played all of three all of new vegas and all of four and I would say I had the most fun playing New Vegas. I will agree with you in that I played some of one, some of two, all of three, all of New Vegas plus DLCs. I have not beaten four. I really just haven't. I kind of petered out with four. I think I think what I need to do is probably restart four. But why would I restart four if I could just play New Vegas? But this is not an episode about discussing which Fallout game is better. Even though it's New Vegas, uh, we're here to talk about the lore of the factions of fallout new vegas and yeah back in episode 87 we we told you about fallout and how it came to be but we wanted to really expand on talking about how the factions work in new vegas and go into this deeper exploration on these factions themselves and there are a lot of different fallout games so we're just going to focus on new vegas because it would probably take us multiple hours to go over all the factions in all the fallout games but 
but we're arbitrary, so we're just going to pick New Vegas. We're get, we're not going to cover factions that you probably think we're going to cover. <laughs> right, right, right. But to level set everyone, Fallout New Vegas is the 2010 Fallout game done in the what we could call the Bethesda style, which was what they did with Fallout 3, a first-person, third-person action role-playing versus the isometric role-playing of the past games. New Vegas, however, was developed by Obsidian and published by Bethesda, so it wasn't developed in-house by Bethesda. And uh, this is a fun thing to note because at the time they were two separate companies, but now they are one and the same because they are both owned by Microsoft. The synopsis of the game is you play as a courier, and in the beginning of the game, while you are in the middle of delivering a package, you're jumped, robbed, and buried. Though, since this is the beginning of the game, you are not killed. You become unburied, and you're then tasked with figuring out why you were jump, robbed, and buried. And what exactly was happening? You have to do this in a post-apocalyptic Las Vegas and the Las Vegas surrounding area. To kind of like sum up just some of the numbers of New Vegas, uh, it would go down to be a commercial success with uh, initially shipping over 5 million copies and with estimates that it hit 12 million in sales globally. Throughout the game, you encounter many different factions, but since the game is still relatively popular, we're not going to really go into spoilers on these factions. We're just going to talk about, you know, what each faction is, their own history and uh, other details like the, the currency that they use because right. that's I think a fascinating element is that each faction has its own unique currency if people like this episode please let us know because there are plenty of more factions in Fallout New Vegas <laughs> versus the ones we're going to cover today but there are also just factions in Fallout in general that we can cover I actually think even though Fallout 4 is not a great game I think the factions in that game are kind of interesting especially the railroad and uh yeah like Zach uh, alluded to, we're not going to go into the detail on the smaller factions, but we're just going to stick with the, the main factions, as it were. Starting with the New California Republic. So the NCR, or the New California Republic, is one of the more prominent factions in New Vegas. And one of the larger ones in the Fall franchise, they ebb and flow as the actions of the players kind of helps them or hinders them. The New California Republic actually has the flag of the current day California flag, but instead of a bear, it is a two-headed bear. And it obviously says new in front of California Republic because the state of California's flag says California Republic. Now, the NCR is a faction that actually is cultivated through the game's by the player as you play them. And it got its start in the original Fallout. And in the original Fallout, you had to find the Gek, which is the Garden of Eden creation kit. You find the Gek uh, based on the game being over and this game taking place after that game. It is assuming the player has found the Gek and given it to the settlement Shady Sands. And the Shady Sands settlement because of the recovery of the Gek, actually allows the location to grow. And additionally, one of the characters that's rescued by the original player in Fallout was Tandy, who is the daughter of Eridesh, who is the leader of Shady Sands. Eridesh would go on to organize Shady Sands, calling it the New California Republic. And he's like, we should start establishing like a federal system. We should start voting for people. Let's start getting organized because we've got this GEC. We've got this idea. And so Eridesh started laying the groundwork to being the New California Republic. However, when Tandy took over leadership, she would take the alliances that Eridesh created and turn it into an actual republic under one cohesive body of government. So she went out and said to uh, the various 
different future states of the NCR. Hey, I know we have an alliance together. Now, why don't we just be one organization? And you can vote in the organization. You can have representation. It'll be great. And so the NCR started to form up. Shady Sands would actually go and incorporate Junktown into itself, and they would become the state of Shady and would become one of the five states that make up the NCR. Those five states are Los Angeles, The Hub, Maxon, and Dayglow. Many of them can be visited in various Fallout games, and I know The Hub plays an important role in, I believe, Fallout 1 and 2 in regards to where the merchants hang out, and those would be the multiple states that would make up the NCR when New Vegas starts. So NCR is already established. It takes up these areas in the region. Each of the states have a primary city location, and then they incorporated many of the smaller towns around them, which is kind of like what Shady did with Junktown. So they may be the state of Los Angeles, but it also has like all the little towns around the Los Angeles area that are all now creating this I would say large, but this larger organization. The NCR is a federal republic that has a representative democracy, where the representatives that sit on the Senate are elected by the people that live within the state that the senator comes from. However, unlike the United States, the legislative branch decides on who is the president and the vice president of the NCR. It's kind of like a, like a, almost like British Parliament. Simpler. Simpler, yes, yes. Uh, they also don't have multiple houses, like the Senate, House of Congress, Congress. The NCR just has the elected officials. And by elected officials, uh, we generally they are referred to as congressmen, but each of the states have their own titles such as counselor, senator, representative, and the hub calls them governors. Within the chamber, these titles are very important to the members. Uh, though outside of the chamber, no one cares because the world is apocalyptic. And everyone right. is shooting each other. <laughs> They're just the guy in charge or the congressman. Now, the president who the legislators elect is allowed to serve for five years. However, there are no term limits. So he can serve for five years forever. <laughs> the president also is allowed to use the vertebrate for transport, whose call sign is Bear Force One. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I love that. <laughs> You didn't know that? I did not know that. I love that. Uh, Vertibirds, for those who don't know, are like, they're like helicopters. They're helicopter. <laughs> I think that's a great. I think if California ever succeeds for the United States. They gotta call, they they have... gotta call it Bear Force One. Oh, such a, such a great day. The judicial branch of the NCR is just the various courts spread out through the NCR that abide by NCR laws. I also think, arguably, because of the way the factions work and fall out, the, the NCR assumes that they have more control than they do <laughs> um like you'll go somewhere and there'll be ncr people there and they'll be like this is our outpost but they're like constantly bombarded by like but in a, another turn the ncr is actually pretty established by the time of new vegas that's because true because president president kimball is the fifth president of the mcr and tandy served two terms yeah so she served ten like years. 10 years yeah. so there's been some history that the ncr is established enough the issue with new vegas is the it's not their territory which is why they don't have that big of a presence and why they're not like it's not an ncr game they're trying to get a foothold in new vegas against the other factions which we'll we'll talk about specifically the ncr is interested in the hoover dam because it still works and provides power and there are other factions that are also interested in the hoover dam 
because it still works and provides power. And we'll actually talk about why the Hoover Dam still works later on in the episode. One of the things that I find interesting about the Fallout world is that you have, I would say, these relatively large factions, but still the overwhelming usage of bottle caps as a currency, which doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about government bodies. One of the things that a government body would want to do immediately is establish a currency because then they can kind of control the flow of money and it helps with economics as you kind of reestablish economy. But the bottle cap is really politically ambiguous. It's kind of like crypto coins except physical right no one really governs them um and they just kind of exist they are backed by a uh, a standard um and it's a water standard in new vegas specifically they still do use bottle caps as an overwhelming as overwhelmingly as the standard and your currency that you collect as a player are bottle caps but there are faction specific currencies that have an exchange rate into bottle caps depending on who and where you are and one of those currencies is the NCR dollar. Uh, however, the NCR dollar in Fallout New Vegas is not as prevalent or valuable because of some history that happens before the game. There was a time where in the NCR, Vault City, and in New Reno, the NCR dollar was the universal currency, and it was backed by gold. They even had coins minted in gold. However, the Brotherhood of Steel, who we will not be talking about in this episode, would go on to assault various holdings of the NCR gold reserves to the point that the NCR ceased minting coins. And whenever any risk to gold happens in real world or in the video game created world, if there's a risk to these gold, people who have currency that is only representation of gold go and try and get the gold. And there were runs on the gold reserve as people attempted to cash out for their gold because they thought that the Brotherhood of Steel were going to take it. So they would go on to stop minting coins, and they actually went beyond that, and they said, nope, our currency is no longer gold standard. The currency is worth what it is worth because they said so. And that is what we like to call a currency by fiat. And currency by fiat is actually a common practice today. Most currency in the world is currency by fiat. However, in Fallout, uh, you don't have the the safety net of a dollar being worth a dollar because so many people trade with a dollar. People weren't happy with the NCR deciding that it's going to be fiat time now, and people just stopped using it because they just went to bottle caps, including the hub, which isn't important. The hub is like the location because it's controlled and operated by a merchant consortium. The hub is a very important location to kind of keep on using your NCR currency. They went back to the bottle cap, which is, is backed by water. So they like were like, nope, we're done with the NCR dollar. So when the game starts, the NCR dollar are worth about 40% of the bottle cap and 10% of the next faction's currency that we're going to talk about the Legis, the Legion Denarius. Yes, because the next faction we're talking about is Kaiser's Legion or Caesar's Legion. Kaiser or Caesar, uh, it's pronounced differently throughout the game, though I think outside the Legion they usually refer to it as Caesar 
within the legion they call it kaiser and the kaiser's legion uh were in fact formed up due to the followers of the apocalypse which is a faction that is found not only in new vegas but also in the original fallout uh though they are not one of the factions we are talking about today (laughs) so no brotherhood of steel no followers of the apocalypse the followers of the apocalypse were interested in studying the tribes that lived out in the grand canyon region and sent a group that included edward sallow uh who was the leader of the group bill calhoun the doctor and joshua graham who is a specialist in dialects and also happened to be a mormon Uh, and they would end up getting captured by one of the tribes they were intending to study the blackfoot tribe and held captive now during their captivity sallow realized that the blackfoot tribe was going up against seven other tribes in the area and that they were not prepared to really engage with them sallow though was very well versed in tactics in order to get a better chance for his group's survival he went out and taught the blackfoot tribe various tactics to better their chance of survival sallow helped them understand how to maintain their weapons how to work together in smaller groups in combat and taught them how to use explosives uh, and also other general military tactics that Salo learned from being obsessed with ancient Rome. With Salo's help, the Blackfoot tribe would go on to conquer all the surrounding tribes and acknowledge that they were the only able to do so with Salo's help. So it was only right that they would put him in charge. Salo is obsessed with ancient Rome, so he crowned himself the Kaiser and began structuring the Legion. Uh, When this occurred, Bill Calhoun decided that he would be better off returning to the followers of the apocalypse and went back and informed them of what happened and to tell them that they were better off just leaving them be josh graham would go on to join kaiser and become his second in command and would serve him as malpay legate for a time and you can play the game to find a bit more about josh graham unlike the ncr the citizens of seizure legions do not have voting rights caesar's legion is a totalitarian dictatorship ruled by caesar who is advised by a few internal groups including the legate the leaders of the Frumentary, which is Caesar's elite intelligence infiltration and terror organization, and the leaders of the Praetorian Guard, which is Caesar's elite bodyguard group that is handpicked by Caesar. Caesar's legion is not only brutal, but many of the soldiers are, in fact, slaves. Through the conquering of tribes, the opposing force is then stripped of their identity and are smushed into the army to be members of the legion. However, the people who live in the legion territories are not considered to be a member of the legion they are mostly left alone albeit living under the protection of the legion arizona in fact in the fall universe was a lawless state for a period of time raiders roamed the roads and getting across without multiple raider encounters was actually quite difficult the legion moved in and enslaved or killed all of the raider tribes and arizona is now quiet. However, the Legion is always at war and expanding, and they don't really settle down to build up, like, buildings like the NCR might. They just build forts, and they hold their territory, and they won't let anyone else move in. So you have the peacefulness of being in it's caesar's peace his packs as it were that you get because you live within the legion territory however you don't get to vote who's in charge it's caesar and the government's not going to come and help you make infrastructure uh the government's just going to crucify people and put them up on the side of the road yeah they're doing that a lot they're brutal in regards to their military and ideology 
um, which we don't really go into and talk about in this episode, but for perhaps a future episode, we can go into different aspects of these factions. Now, an interesting fact that Zach kind of alluded to already about the Legion is that they've incorporated Latin into the vocabulary. And since there is no soft C sound in Latin, Caesar is pronounced Kaiser. And if it's one thing a member of the Legion is particular about is their Latin and pronouncing things correctly. So Zach and I would be screwed in the Legion. But they also say things like Awe instead of like Ave. So you'd say you'd say like Ave Romano. You'd say Awe Romano. It's more like hard consonants, um, which Latin is filled with um, versus soft consonants. But which is why in Within the Legion, he's pronounced Kaiser, and without, everyone just calls him Caesar. Now, the currency that the Legion uses uh, is actually divided. There's two types of currency, the Denarius and the Aureus. Both are accepted everywhere, even though everyone hates the Legion, because they're minted from actual silver and gold. The Denarius is minted out of silver, and on the back has Kaiser, Joshua Graham, and Bill Calhoun. And on the front has an image of Kaiser. But this time, he's young. The Aureus is gold and has an older Kaiser on the front and has a, a bull on the back. One Denarius will get you four bottle caps, with one Aureus uh, getting you 100 bottle caps. Minting actual gold slash silver currency keeps it valuable, unlike just saying that it's valuable. And one of the things that I found interesting was that unlike the NCR who had gold reserves and minted the gold from those reserves, the Legion has gold and silver that they acquire <laughs> and then they melt it into currency that's just one of the reasons why people hate them is that they just come in and take everything and leave everything yeah when you first encounter them it's because you wander into a town that's been like recently purged by the legion like it, there's tons of crucified bodies everywhere there's a big pile of dead people in the center and like there's just like a group of kaiser's soldiers walking in they're just like hey what's up another thing that was that should be noted in fallout new vegas the caesar who's in charge of the legion is the caesar who founded the legion however the ncr uh, organization has already gone through the president kimball is their fifth president so the ncr is a bit more i would say i don't know necessarily if they're old i think they are a little bit older so like they do have a little bit more however the legion controls more territory than the ncr it may be a lot of rural territory but i've looked at a map of like fallout new vegas and faction controls and the ncr is like southwest corner of california and like that area and then the legion is like the middle of the country and then you get to the east coast factions which are depicted in like fallout 3 and fallout 4 the uh last faction we're going to cover today is kind of unique not only to new vegas the game but new vegas the location in fallout and that is house slash the three families uh the three families is a group of three different groups all under the leadership of robert house uh, robert house is a personality all within himself and he's essentially his own faction that he's just supported by the three families uh it goes to kind of show you just how intense that personality is now robert edwin house or Mr. House, believes himself to be the president, CEO, and proprietor of the New Vegas Strip in New Vegas. Uh, the New Vegas Strip is a main area of the game, and it's one of the game's cities that you can explore. And it's well intact, unlike many other territories within Fallout. In all the Fallouts, New Vegas is probably the one that's most intact. And there's a reason for that. Because House is an interesting character. He was actually just born a couple years ago, June 25th, 
2020. House would go on, currently, I guess he's growing up right now, he's two, he's going to grow up and found a company called Robco, and he's going to become the leader of Robco Industries. Now, if you're familiar with the Fall universe, you would know how ingrained Robco is with the universe. All of the terminals in the Fall universe are run on a Robco OS, so that, like, all the terminals say, like, Robco OS because of House. And many of the robots, such as iBots, Protectrons, and Sentry bots, were all created by Robco and the Securitrons as well. With his success and wealth, when he was before the Great War, he was seeing that the Great War was happening, and he decided that he needed to safeguard himself from the end, and not only himself, his extension of himself, his casino. To do that, he integrated himself through a cerebral interface with his own casino, the Lucky 38, and the casino's defense systems, which, you know, all casinos should have their own defense systems, including anti-missiles. <laughs> through his efforts, when the war came, House was able to activate the defenses of the Lucky 38 and save Las Vegas and the Hoover Dam from the destruction by counter-missiling the missiles that were launched in that area. Though, doing so stressed the system and put House into a coma for 61 years. Then, all of his systems rebooted, he came back on, and then he continued to live, staying low, kind of playing the backroom game, very low-key, just letting things happen, not really leaving. He was very reclusive. He didn't leave his casino. So, by the time the game starts, he is 261 years old, and at the time the game begins, the NCR are arriving, and they're trying to take over New Vegas. And the Legion is coming in and he's seeing these factions come in. And so he's decided to take the tribes that were in the New Vegas area, causing anarchy. And he brought them into New Vegas proper to civilize the casinos. All while the Securitrons that he has maintained the peace and order. So if you go to New Vegas in the game... Uh, there are a number of Securitrons just wandering the area, protecting the place and keeping keeping the peace. Mr. House is 100% based on a historical figure of millionaire Howard Hughes, who himself was very reclusive and, be it a little strange, in his later life. In fact, within the game, in, there's a location called the House Resort, which is a resort and golf club that actually has a huge painting of Mr. House standing in front of one of his robots which is actually based on the real life photograph of Howard Hughes standing in front of a Boeing 100A in 1934. In fact there's another character that our listeners may be familiar with if they played Bioshock and encountered Andrew Ryan and if you think that Andrew Ryan is a similar character to Mr. House well Spoiler alert. They were both based on Howard Hughes. <laughs> there is actually an Easter game in Fallout New Vegas that references Bioshock. And you'll you can play the game to find out what that reference is or Easter egg. If you're if you ever want to just know, you could just email us and I'll I'll let you know. So outside of House's casino, there are three main casinos. The Tops, Gamora, 
and Ultralux. Each of these casinos are run by one of the three families. The Tops is operated by the Chairman, uh, which was the first tribe to be recruited by Mr. House. The leader of the Chairman is Benny, who is Mr. House's right-hand man and is one of the main characters in the New Vegas game. They are grateful for House bringing them on board, thinking that they would still be raiders and being more primitive than where they are now. The Tops and the Chairman are stylized to be uh, very Rat Pack-ish, as in like Frank Sinatra. Everyone dresses in nice suits, they're all like 50s style, Sinatra music is playing when you explore the casino. A little different than the other casinos, especially Gamora, which is operated by the Omertas, uh, who were recruited by Mr. House because they reminded him of the mobsters that used to operate in New Vegas. The The Omertas are run by Nero, and with a name like that, I'm sure you can figure out where his loyalties lie. Nero pretends to be loyal to Mr. House, but he is actually loyal to Kaiser's Legion. Gamora is uh, kind of a sleazy den. It shows the underhandedness of New Vegas when you're visiting. The casino is in the center of all the operations that the Omeritas run, uh, and this includes extortion, racketeering, and prostitution. The last family is the White Glove Society. They were recruited by Mr. House and operate the Ultra Lux Casino. They signed a deal with Mr. House to keep their dirty secret secret, while the casino is truly the embodiment of refinement. The most elite experience is had at the Ultra Lux, though everyone is required to wear only the fanciest of attire. All the White Glove Society wear formal wear, and many of them wear a White Society mask, which is a fancy mask that looks like something someone would wear to a masquerade ball. Yeah, they're like they're like two-tone, like white and gold. Yeah, white and gold masks. Yeah, I remember that. The White Glove Society has two leaders who are in contention with each other, Marjorie and Mortimer. Uh, they each have their own opinion about their organization's history and what path they should go on, uh, which of course the player can help with as it has to do with their dirty little secret uh, which is the fact that mortimer likes to eat people that's right and that's what their tribe used to do so the tribe is factioned between the people who don't like to eat people and the people who do like to eat people there's actually a there's so there's a perk in fallout new vegas because fallout new vegas has the perk system and one of the perks is cannibal and so you're able to eat people if you want to eat people and you would have a fun time doing the ultra lux plot however there is a perk that is called like the champion eater or something like that a breakfast of champions and part of that perk requirement is eating mr house i actually i think built a character who was yeah the butcher of new vegas or the butcher, the butcher of the of wasteland or, or no the, the butcher, butcher of the yeah. mojave that's what you called him who was like the low intelligence and also eats people low intelligence 10 strength all melee <laughs> just beats the crap out of people and eats them <laughs> i should just play him again oh i don't think he went very far so yeah, there we have it. So those are the three main factions in Fallout New Vegas. If you enjoy the series, uh, or maybe just when we decide that it's time to do another lore series, we can discuss um, other factions. There's a lot of material. Brotherhood of Steel. There's more material. Yeah. Follows the Atom, follows, or the Worshippers of the Atoms, Followers of the Apocalypse, all that sort of, set of uh, the Boomers, the... The uh, Republic of Dave. The Republic of Dave. There's enough Fallout material that we could have a dedicated Fallout podcast because there's also all the different vaults that go on. It's a fascinating world to think about and uh, we like to talk about it occasionally. So if you like this episode and you want to hear more Fallout or either other games, lore information, games with a lot of deep lore that you might wanted some more a deep dive on uh just let us know um and because there's even more information about three things that we talked about today beyond more that we can cover we could be we literally could have done an episode on the ncr or the legion by themselves 
Well, now to get into our retro rewind. Seth had me play Claw by Monolith, uh, which is a company that also produced the game Blood, uh, which I talked about before. I love the game Blood. Uh, This is actually the second game that they made after they made Blood. Claw is a 2D side-scroller where you play as Captain Nathaniel Joseph Claw, a cat who is also a pirate. You must fight your way to freedom after you've been captured by the Cocker Spaniards, who are a group of dogs who have sunk your ship. It's a really fun game. Uh, I do think the platforming is a bit tight. It's just like trying to make certain jumps. I was like this close, but if I was like on the edge, I would have gotten it sort of deal. Beyond that, I enjoyed it. I I played it a bit longer than I expected to play it. uh, And I actually would recommend it. And there's available, there's a version that's available to download for free online through a Captain Claw fan site that has still been updated for like years. And uh, you can download a version that runs perfectly fine in Windows 10. It actually might be the fan site might be run by one of the original devs because it has a lot of stuff on Captain Claw. So yeah, I, I recommend it. I think it holds up. It's a fun game. You can tell it's a monolith game because some of the humor that is found in Blood kind of comes up in Claw, uh, like the way the character makes little snide remarks and stuff like that. Uh, next week, Seth, I want you to play a game for the Sega Genesis, Wings of War, spelled W-O-R, not W-A-R. Oh, fun. Uh, so Zach had me play uh, Wolfenstein 3D, uh, which I did. Uh, it was developed by id software and published by apogee originally released in 1992 you play as good old bj blachowicz we talked about bj blachowicz when we did our wolfenstein episode and bj is escaping from a nazi german prison this is the first time he's escaped from a nazi german prison uh it won't be his last <laughs> and the prison that he's escaping from is castle wolfenstein hence the name wolfenstein and while he's doing this escape he's also taking is taking care of business which is mostly killing nazis it is a first person shooter and you blast people it's great sometimes i feel like i'm playing through that old windows screensaver with the walls where it's like a maze mm, yeah i love that except screensaver. i have a gun <laughs> to be fair that would make that screensaver so much better <laughs> i probably why i like that screensaver so much it just reminded me of wolfenstein the original time that i played wolfenstein was when my father took wolfenstein we talked about this when our dad came on our episode he got wolfenstein from his place of employment not like as a perk just as something that <laughs> be he funny like, <laughs> like you've worked you here for one year bill here's a copy of wolfenstein 3d go shoot some nazis it, it was essentially trash for the work and he took it home and he stored it in his roll top desk which i took from and would play it on the computer when nobody was home i really enjoyed wolfenstein back then still enjoy wolfenstein still i think it holds up it holds up more if you're if you like classic first person shooters if you are younger i don't it may be a little too basic but like because even like doom which came out out after wolfenstein 3d has more like modern day things um, then Wolfenstein 3D, but Wolfenstein 3D is still still a good game. He does also the cover always looks a little silly, isn't he? Like in a like a jumpsuit or some some weird outfit or something. Oh, he's wearing like a prison uniform. He's in prison. <laughs> Arguably, he's not in a really good prison. You literally just open the door. Yeah. <laughs> and you have, I think you start with a gun. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's like a story that explains it, but I th- there's probably in the manual. Or yeah, comic. I think it's like they're about to like give you food and you sneak attack because the, there is a dead guard in the first room yeah and that's where you get the gun from anyway for next week zach you could play star trek away team from 2001 because that's a game that i think i enjoyed 
Okay. It's a ringing endorsement. I definitely owned it. That's going to be our lore series episode on the Fallout Factions. If you want to hear more episodes like this, you can always send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. If you want to be able to follow us and see what we're up to, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitch at Classic Gaming Brothers. You can also follow us on Twitter at CG Brothers Pod. Next weekend, next Friday, this Friday, this coming Friday, tune in at twitch.tv slash Classic Gaming Brothers, and you will be able to watch Zach and I, and possibly friends of the, the podcast, playing video games for 24 hours it'll be great a lot of fun we're gonna we're gonna have a blast possibly our dad's going to show up and we're gonna it'll be it's we're raising money for charity and it's for sick children so what's great it's a great cause we're gonna be staying up all day and all night and then we're gonna be really sleepy on sunday and then we're gonna have to go to back to work on monday and that's gonna blow so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun weekend and then it's gonna be a horrible weekend so yeah check us out uh at twitch.tv classic gaming brothers tune in anytime send us some dollar bills for the children and all that jazz and give us some recos for games that you want to see us play and we'll we'll put them in the pipeline of games to play we'll have 24 hours to fill maybe we'll play some fallout no we probably won't play fallout but anyway check that out it should be a lot of fun uh if you stop by for a second or an hour whatever we'll also be if you're in our discord uh you can email us if you want to get access to our discord some people have access some people don't if you're in our discord we'll be hanging out there send us an email and we'll send you the discord link and you can join us when we go into our public chat forums and you can talk to us live if you ever wanted to talk to a classic gaming brother live and in person it will be recorded so we'll be live anyway i'm sure i'm missing something zach am i missing anything though yeah don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been zach i've been seth and we have been the classic gaming brothers Uh... Uh... That's right. Right.